You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Good morning, everybody. I'm so happy to see you guys today. Um, We're starting a new series called Iconic. We're going to be focusing on Jesus himself, which should be the focus of every sermon, I agree. But today uh, and for the next few weeks, we're really going to be digging into interactions that Jesus has uh, with his disciples. So I'm going to go ahead and pray for us, and then we'll get started. Uh, Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful to be here today. I'm so thankful to be uh, with your people, with the people that you love, uh, the people that you speak to and work through. God, I pray that as we dive into your word today, we are hearing your voice. As we dive into your word today, we are being changed by your Holy Spirit. God, I believe this is is what happens every time that we we come to you together. I pray that we encounter you today in a very powerful way, in a very effective way that, that changes us into who you want us to be. God, I pray these things in your name, in the name of your Son. Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Today we're going to be talking about what it looks like to be called by Jesus. Uh, And to start that out, I would like to introduce you to a character. So we're going to go ahead and play a clip from the wonderful TV show, The Chosen. If you have a chance to watch it, you should. I I highly encourage it. So uh, go ahead and play this clip. I want you to meet someone. It's really beautiful. this is from, this is the very first clip of the entire Chosen series. And I don't know if you caught the location that flashed along the bottom. This is in a little village called uh, Magdala. People from that area are called Magdalenes. Uh, there is a very famous woman in the Bible by the name of Mary who is from this area. If you saw the date, it's right around the time that Jesus was born. She's a little girl. So this character that we just met, learning the words in Isaiah, is Mary Magdalene from Scripture. If you guys are familiar with her, she is a disciple of Jesus. Um, She had seven demons cast out of her and uh, followed Jesus the rest of her life. And she knew exactly what it meant to be called by Christ. Those words that her father was teaching her, when you're scared, say the words of the prophet, the words of Isaiah. We have those words today. You can find them in Isaiah uh, chapter 43, verse 1. And it says this, But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, or he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. This entire section of Isaiah is written to comfort the people of God, to comfort the land of Israel. At this time, they're living in in captivity, in exile. They have no hope. The the future that God promised them, the land that God promised them is no longer theirs. The identity that they had as the people of God seems washed away by their circumstance. And yet Isaiah comes, and for uh, five or six chapters, promises them hope, promises them hope in the form of a coming Messiah, 
of a Savior that will come and redeem them, redeem their situation, redeem their very lives. And this passage right here is written to the people of God, the Israelites. But we see that it it doesn't stay that way. Because when Jesus comes on the scene, we're able to read back into Isaiah and see what these passages really talk about. And they describe Jesus to a T. When John describes Jesus in John chapter 1, he says this, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Jesus came for everyone. It's not a man, woman, and child on this earth that has been made that does not come from God himself, is not wanted and desired by God, and is not called by Jesus. The calling that Jesus gives us is not the same calling that he gave to his people. See, the people of God were told, live here, follow these rules, very structured, and and you will be different from everyone else. The calling Jesus gives us is the gospel. Believe in me, follow me, and you'll be saved. You will have salvation and eternal life forever. Now, the gospel is a, it's a, it's a funny thing because it has so much power. And I think that if we truly, truly believed it, it would change everything about our lives. We know it. We know Jesus was the Son of God. He came down to earth, born of a woman. He lived a perfect life. He died a sinner's death on a cross for all of us. And three days later, he rose. And now he's seated at the right hand of God. And he will come again to ransom us all back into heaven. We know that. If we truly believe that, if we truly embody that and let that define our entire identity, how much different would things be in our lives? What power would that be? How freeing would that be if we truly took that message to heart? The living Son of God calls us by name. Just as he called the entire people years and years and years before he was even born, he calls us by name, individually. I want to see what that looks like. I want to see an example of that. Mary went through the rest of her life. She... She was plagued by demons. She was abused and and hurt and victimized. And in the story that the Chosen walks through, uh, this is briefly inferred by Scripture. But she is just tormented day and night at the lowest points of her entire life. And then Jesus comes on the scene and calls her by name. In the, the show, she wasn't even going by her, her real name, Mary. She was going by a completely different name, but I want to see what happens when Jesus interacts with her. Go ahead and play the clip. It's a, a beautiful scene, and I get a little choked up every time I see it, but that's okay. We're going to power through. Um, he called her by name. Didn't identify her with just... Just the people that you belong to. I promised that I would, would redeem them, so I will redeem you as well by extension. He called her by name. He said, I have redeemed you. 
It's the exact same message that each and every one of us has from Jesus. I have redeemed you by name, by individual. See, the, the Bible says that if we believe in Christ, we believe that he died on the cross for our sins, and we, we speak that with our mouth, we have eternal life. We are saved. We could be in the darkest places of our lives, but we are saved. Because the truth is, and I want you to write this down if you're taking notes, the gospel changes everything. If you are living your life the way you want to, the gospel is going to change it. And for a moment, it might seem painful. It might seem scary. But it's going to change everything. You're going to look back and realize that your life will never be the same as it was before you accepted Christ. Now, that would be fantastic news if life stopped there. You're saved, and there we go. Let's go home. It's not exactly it. So the clip that I just showed you was from the very first episode of The Chosen. And the Chosen is, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's about the disciples of Jesus as they walk with Jesus, as they're changed by Jesus. First episode uh, covers the calling. And the rest, well, that gets a bit more complicated. See, Jesus doesn't call us to a single moment of salvation with him. That'd be great, that'd be easy, that'd be real clean, real simple. Boom, done, let's move on. That moment of salvation is great. But Jesus calls us to a life of sanctification. There's a big difference between the two. Salvation is, is just a moment. Sanctification is the rest of it. It's the process of you working out that salvation, becoming more like Christ, learning to, to speak his words to people that desperately need hope and love, learning to be more patient with those that you're in community with, in relationship with, learning to love better, learning to relate to God better, learning to hear God's voice more clearly. It's this entire process that, that we miss out if we just focus on that one moment of being called and don't focus on the years, the decades of response that goes into the rest of it. We'll miss out on it. If you look at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, it says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Catch this. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. When we accept salvation, it's beautiful. When we lean into the renewing of our mind, we're able to know God on such a deep level. We're able to, to test his will, to understand what he wants for our lives and for the lives of, of those around us. And we're able to walk it out. God's not going to call you to do something that it stops right there and you don't have the, the power to follow him into. He'll do the heavy lifting, but he wants you to go with him. He's not going to call you into something that is completely impossible because nothing is impossible for him.
salvation is only the beginning. There is an entire life after that. A life that grows richer, more beautiful, more vibrant, because the love of God is in everything that we do past that moment. It's, it's a little bit difficult, though, to feel like after that first step of salvation, you, you still see your old self. It's in the mirror. It's in your memories on Facebook. It's in the, the text messages that pop up that you sent uh, just a few weeks ago. It's still there. You see yourself. And it might not be the best of you. And it still becomes harder to, to go on five years later, ten years later, and, and look and see, you know, I don't feel like I am just like God yet. I don't feel like I am just like Jesus. I'm not as patient People get upset with me and, and I fly off the handle with them. People don't love me and I say, cool, don't love you back, bye. I cut off relationship with them. And it's hard to, to walk forward and to think that we are becoming more like Christ. But the truth is, once you start on that journey, everything in your life, points to Christ. Good, bad, and ugly, everything in your life points to Christ. Your past points forward to him. Your salvation recognizes his lordship. And your sanctification reflects his glory. Bit by bit, you might not even notice it. Everything in your life starts to point to Christ. If you look at the, the Old Testament that we started out with in Isaiah, I said how that entire passage was meant to give hope to this lost generation of Israelites. Looking forward, they were expecting something vastly different than what they got. They got a little baby in a manger that grew up to be a, a wild prophet in the wilderness that, that taught and ruffled feathers and died on a cross. It's not what they were expecting. But reading backwards, looking at the Old Testament through the lens of Jesus coming and dying and promising to return, we can see how everything that they wrote was a promise of hope through him. When we look at our own lives, leading up to the moment of salvation, we start to see through the lens of Jesus' uh, sacrifice for us, we start to see how everything points to redemption in him. There's nothing that has or will happen in your life that he cannot redeem. This is a, this is a very difficult concept to understand, but God is not viewing time like we do. He doesn't see things in this linear way like we do. He doesn't see things in this, you know, day one, day two, Day 572. No. God's seeing it all unfurl at the same moment. To God, your first step of salvation and your very final step of sanctification, when you meet him face to face, they're happening at the same moment to him. You look just like Jesus in that moment. You look just like the son that died for you that covered your sin in his blood, 
that rose again out of love for you. That's what God sees. He doesn't see the, the negative. He doesn't see the, the, the pain that, that you might have caused others unless it is to redeem it for them as well. He's not keeping score of, of the, the negative. He's encouraging you to continue stepping into the sanctification, the glory that he has for you. And there's always more. It's never going to be finished. Just so you know, just, just so you can be encouraged that if you're not happy with, with how you are right now, there's always going to be more. There's going to be a next step, and then a next step, and then a next step. Right up until the moment where you and God are face to face, and he's able to point out everywhere along the way that he was with you. Every pain that he covered and redeemed. It's a beautiful thing. So, whether your, your next step is to get plugged into community that can help you walk out the sanctification process, because we can't do it alone. Those that have tried have burnt out and fallen short, become frustrated and bitter. But we need community to rally around us and help, help encourage us, speak the words of Christ to us. Your next step is, is accepting salvation and taking that very first step of, God, I recognize your lordship in my life. We have a baptismal that's hopefully warmed up and ready to go all the time. Is it warm right now? It's warm right now. <laughs> if that's your next step, I want to encourage you to, uh, to come to a leader uh, during our communion time. Ask them to, to pray with you. Talk to them about baptism. Talk to them about what it looks like to recognize Christ's lordship. And we can, we can baptize you today and, and help you take those first steps. Help you take those first steps to, to looking forward and looking backward at redemption. Forward to glory and backward at all that he's redeemed. If that's you, please don't be shy. Come talk to us. I'll go ahead and close us in prayer, and I'll invite the band back up. Father God, we are so thankful that you have, you have given yourself wholly to us. And after that, you have called us by name. You have redeemed us through your love and through your grace, and through your mercy. Lord, you are so good. God, I pray that we can, we can step into that calling and can truly believe that you are who you say you are. You did what you said you did, and you are coming back like you promised you would. God, I pray that we allow that to form our entire identity. We allow that to be the basis of who we are. We allow it to impact our, our conversations with friends, community, the way we walk day in, day out. God, impact us. Make us wholly yours in every way. I pray this in God's good and holy name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. 
More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Thank you.